Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Esteemed listeners of Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal We welcome you to this interview segment. It is with Mufti Hamza Faruqi Tamat Barakatu. Let's welcome Mufti Sahab. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Mufsisab, all well on your side. How's the weather there in KZN? Alhamdulillah, shukran to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all well. Alhamdulillah, we have the bright sun out today. Quiet, hot and warm today, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Mufsisab, what's the atmosphere in Durban? You can just tell us, share with us what's happening there. Um, the year in Johannesburg, this side we can... You can feel and you can see the sadness on almost every person's face that there is something wrong happening in the Ummah. How is it that side? Yeah, definitely. Wherever we meet people, wherever we go, um, everybody is talking about the Muslim Ummah in Palestine and Gaza and what our brothers and sisters and uh, children and babies are going through. There is uh, a sense of sadness, a sense of grief, and to a certain extent, many are uh, are willing to put themselves forward and asking how they should respond and what they should do, what their responsibility is, what can they do to, to you know give some sort of comfort to our Muslim brothers and sisters in Palestine. Alhamdulillah. So there is. There is the sadness, there is the pain that the Ummah is feeling uh, when the other part of the Ummah is 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 in such calamities like Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-Mu'minuna karajulin wahid, that all the believers are like one human being, they are like one person. If one portion, one body limb, one part of that person is aching, hurting, is in discomfort, then the entire body is in discomfort. So in the same way, we find that, alhamdulillah, most of the Muslims and the sign of the Iman is showing us that uh, they have some sort of discomfort. They are feeling the pain of the Ummah on the other end of the world. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep our Iman intact and grant us the ability to react in the correct way, inshallah. Mufsisab, as you're speaking now, um, just a few thoughts that came to mind in when our Ustad, Hazrat Mulana Suleiman Shoksi Tamad Prakat, used to explain to us that um, the hadith says you must love Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam more than anyone else. So he says, but he poses this um, rhetoric question to say that, but how is it? Because imagine, think about your day. You don't think about Nabi Sallallahu constantly. Sometimes it's your wife, sometimes your mother, sometimes... You're engaging in other things, and so, but it doesn't show that you love Rasul Sallallahu so much. But he says this love it becomes prevalent, or it becomes known when someone now is to attack the honor of Rasul Sallallahu Then you know this love now. Then you know, even your mother can say something against Rasul Sallallahu a person's mother, a person's father. Then you see that love kicks in. So like this, we as a ummah, normally we say our love for the entire ummah. But now it's just surfacing and the world can see how we in different portions of the world, 
but our love for our Muslim brothers and sisters and babies, as Mufti Sahib has mentioned, and the suffering that they're going through, it's like almost we can say we are feeling it. Mufti Sahib, regarding this now, our response, what should be our response and responsibilities? So first and foremost, we as Muslims, we as believers, we should remember that the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that of testing his, his servants. So Allah Ta'ala in the Quran Kareem has mentioned, Do people think that just by bringing Iman, they won't be put into tests, they won't be put into trials and tribulations? Allah Ta'ala further mentioned, Allah wants to separate the believers, the true believers from those the hypocrites, liars, and disbelievers. So we find that in this situation as well, the behavior and the reaction of the Muslims around the globe is that of feeling the pain for the Muslims in Palestine and Gaza, whereas we find that many others are in favor of the disbelievers and uh, their hypocrisy, their lies, their disbelief has become exposed. So this is one of the reasons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests us so that he can sift the true believers mm. from the hypocrites, from the disbelievers, from the liars, etc. And we should remember that the world itself is a cruel place. We should study the history of the world and uh, not only the world, but rather also the Islamic world. We will find that on a global level, the days of peace, justice, etc., were relatively short periods in contrast to, uh, you know, pay, uh, contrast to days of uh, uh, injustice, days of uh, oppression onto mankind, etc. In our own country, we find that there were people who stood up. And they fought for their land, they fought for their justice, they fought that everything should be, you know, in order for every kind of person, whether it's a Muslim or a non-Muslim, people fought, they stood up for their land. So the same way our brothers and sisters are also uh, standing up and protecting their piece of land that belongs to them, trying to alleviate the injustice and oppression that has befallen them for almost a 100 years that our Palestinian brothers and sisters uh, suffer when we look into the history of Palestine, we look into the history of Gaza, one of the historians has written that this is uh, amongst the first places that mankind ever settled down. The son of Nabi Nuh, salam, Ham, was one of the first people to settle down in a place called, in this place, Gaza. So it's from amongst the first ten places in the world that uh, mankind took as a place of abode and settlement. So the history of this land starts, you know, uh, many thousand years uh, far behind. So as an ummah, um, we should understand and we should realize that the tests and, and trials will come to us. مَا يَزَالُ الْبَلَاءُ بِالْمُؤْمِنِ وَالْمُؤْمِنَةِ فِي نَفْسِهِ وَوَلَدِهِ وَمَالِهِ حَتَّى يَلْقَ اللَّهِ وَمَا عَلَيْهِ خَطِيئًا That calamities will befall us, tests and trials will come unto us. If we pass those tests and trials, we are true in our iman, we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we accept the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Allah ta'ala will forgive all of our sins. 
we will meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a condition wa alayhi khati'a the hadith of Sunan al-Tirmidhi that that person will meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he doesn't have any sin to his name so these are the different hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the different facts that we should understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put us through trials and tribulations so that he can forgive our sins, so that he can sift the true believers from the hypocrites and the disbelievers, so that he can know who is the truthful one, who really loves the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who really cares for his servants and who is an oppressor, who is one who is taking the rights of others, who is one who is disbelieving in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So we should understand that these kind of calamities will come unto us and they are there as a test for us, whether it is within us or whether it is around us. So we need to pass these tests by acknowledging that this is from Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put goodness in whatever is going on within our lives and the lives of those that are around us in Palestine as well. It's interesting that Mufti Sab said uh, just a few minutes ago about the sifting process and how we can see leaders, etc., many people around the world, often those that you thought were on our side, the true colors is being um, shown now. I mean, yesterday, Erdogan, uh, uh, president of Turkey, said that he politely asked Hamas leaders to leave Turkey. And he said, um, it, Turkey has long been a sponsor of Hamas, but is now distancing itself from the Palestinians, uh, Palestinian group. And he says, according to the surprise attack on the 7th of October. Muftisab, there's a question here too that many people do not understand. And they tend to say this narrative, which is exactly what the West wants us to say, is that why did Hamas have to attack? If they didn't attack, then we wouldn't have this crisis. Mufti Saab, can you explain, open up this for us? Okay. So in simple words, like we mentioned, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test us and he wants to sift the believers from the disbelievers. In another verse of the Quran, Allah ta'ala says, أَمْ حَسِبْتُمْ أَنْ تَدْخُلُوا الْجَنَّةِ وَلَمَّا يَعْلَمِ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا مِنْكُمْ وَيَعْلَمَ الصَّابِرِينَ Do you think you'll enter Jannah, uh, you know, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasn't put you into tests, He hasn't made apparent those that are being oppressors or those that are fighting for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those that are truly patient on what is going on. And of course, on the flip side, the oppressors as in the other verses of the quran karim So, in terms of understanding the current situation, we as Muslims should first of all understand also and learn the history of Palestine, the history of the Muslims that are there, the custodians of Masjid al-Aqsa. Now, to understand this logically, let us take ourselves in the situation where you put yourselves in the shoes of the Palestinians you put yourselves in the shoes of those that are being oppressed day and night. So say, for example, you are living in your home, you're in the comfort of your home. Somebody else comes and stays with you in your home. He's not paying any kind of rent. He doesn't have any kind of lease. You tell that person, leave me alone. Get out of my premises. Uh, it belongs to me. You do not belong here. And this person, instead of you know complying to what you are asking him to do, 
He then begins to squander your wealth. He then begins to take your wealth, your, your, your assets from your house. He then begins to take up your basic necessities. He cuts down the electricity in your home. He uses up all the electricity and he cuts down the water supply, etc. How would you, as the owner of that house, react with this kind of person? So in the same way, we find that our Palestinian brothers and sisters and the Muslim ummah at large is uh, suffering this kind of calamity wherein from their own piece of land they are being denied their basic rights, not only for the past few years or few days, but for the past decades going on. Uh, they are fighting for their land, they are fighting for their peace, they are fighting for justice. Eventually the bubble has to bust and something has to happen for them to do something in a way where the enemy will now wake up and the enemy will now think of a new way to go ahead. The enemy will now, uh, you know, get bombarded or go out of the place eventually. So similarly is the case of uh, the people in Hamas and the people that are assisting the Palestinians, uh, this group, etc., and they want to fight for Masjid al-Aqsa, they want to fight for the Palestinians. So why would a person not stand up till his due right? When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith that man qutila duna malihi fahuwa shaheed, a person who is killed by saving his property, by saving his wealth, he is also a shaheed, he is a martyr. And a person who fights for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he passes away in that condition, he is martyred, he will also attain uh, the rank of a martyr, the rank of a shaheed. So these are the various reasons and the various understandings that come to, to, to mind for a person to understand why you know, such a situation that is going on at the present moment in Palestine. There has to be a time when peace should come because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that uh, close to Qiyamah, that time is going to come when Palestine, when Masjid al-Aqsa is going to be liberated. So we should understand that these kind of things will continue to happen uh, and once it will be the last time that it will happen and that Masjid al-Aqsa will be liberated from the hands of the non-Muslims, disbelievers and hypocrites. Muftisab, Jazakumullah khairan for that response too. And the the last, uh, amongst the last questions, perhaps if there's time we can go on after that, is uh, many people are saying that should we go through, and they have contacts, um, and they are saying we, we need to go and fight jihad. Uh, I know we did touch on this the last time, but now there is more. Just yesterday someone told me that um, they have a way, a connection of how to get in, and they're thinking about this. So Muftisab did open it up for us nicely that time. We gave us the balanced view of why we should aspire for it and at the same time prepare for it. Muftisab, perhaps you can just um, reiterate those points again. So we did mention at that time that uh, if a person is put into into a situation where he needs to uh, he needs to fight for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He needs to fight for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, for that, of course, the preparations have to be done well in advance. A person should have the true and sincere intention to do so. So if a person wishes to help the people of Masjid al-Aqsa, the people, the custodians of Masjid al-Aqsa, the Palestinians, etc., 
he has that desire and now that desire is coming to unfold wherein Allah has opened up a way for him to go as well then it is Mubarak and blessed for that person to go and to present himself for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the sha'ir of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he was ready to give his life it is a great thing you know one is to just have an intention but one is to put that intention into practice that is the reality of the intention that is the reality of the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so why not when a person has an opportunity should he uh, should he not not go or not be allowed to go we find that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself he made a dua that lawaditu an uqatila fi sabilillah thumma uqtal that i i also aspire and I also love that I should uh, go in jihad and fight for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and become a martyr. And then I must be given life again. Again, I must fight in the path of Allah. And then again, I must become a martyr. So several times Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had uh, mentioned this. However, of course, the death of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was written in a different way. But uh, definitely he is Imam al-Anbiya. His intentions, his heart, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already rewarded him in great abundance and will keep on rewarding him in great abundance for this particular intention. So in the same way, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has opened up the way for us and to go to, 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 to the lands of Palestine and present ourselves, then a person is free to go. However, the least that a person can do, as we mentioned, is that uh, at least we should have the sincere intention to fight and to stand up for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or even assist a family member or assist those that are there in Palestine that are fighting for Masjid al-Aqsa, that are fighting for the liberation of Masjid al-Aqsa, etc., that we can do as well. With regards to the um, current crisis, um, how is the Jamiatul Ulama KZN, um, is the aid going through at the moment? Are they allowing it through? Um, can Muftisab elaborate on this, please? Ji, alhamdulillah, the Jamiatul Ulama KZN has been collecting funds for Gaza and Palestine. Um, the executive committee and board of the Jamiatul Ulama is in contact with other organizations. Uh, within the country and out of the borders of the country uh, in order to facilitate aid and assistance to go through to Gaza and Palestine. Uh, at this moment, I am not fully aware of uh, what kind of aid and assistance will be provided. Um, however, there is, uh, alhamdulillah, there has been a lot of ways that have been opened in the past few days for us to assist uh, the people in Gaza and Palestine. Of course, we have to go al-aham al-aham with the most important things uh, that are there for us. So that is firstly to try to provide for them the basic needs and necessities of food, water, etc. So that they can survive in, in, in some, some, to a certain level, inshallah. And thereafter, you, you will see how we can aid our Muslim brothers and sisters going ahead. Of course, depending on the crisis, what should be done uh, and first and most important is that we should try to facilitate at least some sort of, you know, uh, basic needs and necessities, uh, especially food and water, to reach them uh, as soon as possible, inshallah. So that is being facilitated, uh, and inshallah, uh, we will uh, continue to uh, facilitate this, and we will continue to assist and aid our brothers and sisters in Islam uh, in Palestine 
So if you go onto our website or you contact our offices at the Jamiat al-Ulama then you will uh, get the, the banking details, etc., to donate and assist uh, us, to assist our Muslim brothers and sisters across Palestine and Gaza. Inshallah, you will be assisted also uh, through this process, and you will also receive uh, an equal reward in trying to assist and alleviate the difficulty that our Muslim brothers and sisters are facing and suffering in Palestine and Gaza. I think it was uh, just a few days ago I saw the on the group of the Jamiatul Ulama KZN. It was sent out about the, um, exactly specifying where the funds, I think it was for the year, and where it was sent, exactly where and where. I know I came there once to the offices. I was on holiday, so I moved to subset, just go visit. Uh, moved to AK subset, I must go there and visit. So I th- I think they thought I'm coming to check up and in, do an inspection. So first thing they said, they presented all the funds where where all the money is going through and all of that. So Alhamdulillah, it's a good um, way to, especially to the T where you are showing the public where each rand is going. This is um, important, especially in these times. So Muftisab, my last question here is also, what can we as the Ummah, how can we be constructive in serving in doing something what can Muftisab mention a few actions and also a few actions that we can shun to attain the mercy of Allah Azawajal. so first and foremost in order for us to live a life of peace and tranquility in terms of our deen dunya and akhirat the first thing a person needs to do is that he should stay away from all kinds of sins and disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is the first and most important thing as far as our eating and rosy is concerned, are we eating that which is halal or are we eating that which is haram, doubtful, etc.? So the core of everything will depend on what goes into our body. So if obedience and itaat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going into us, then that will be pictured and portrayed by our a'mal as well. So if our transactions, our sustenance, our business is all based on haram, then our outcome, our actions, and our reflection in terms of the ummah will also be uh, the same, that it's going to be rotten, it's going to be filled with calamities, filled with injustice and oppression. So the first thing that we need to do is to stay away from all kinds of sins, whether it is interest, whether it is gambling. Nowadays, online gambling has become the order of the day amongst many youth and old as well that people are doing online gambling and forex trading, etc., that is contrary to the guidelines and teachings of Sharia, of course. Um, if it is in that way, if it is in that platform, then it is completely haram. And what we are sustaining ourselves with and our family members with is completely haram. And on the same note, a person gives out charity and he thinks he's giving out his zakat, etc. But, La Allah Taala. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala will not accept that because it is not tayyib, it is not pure, it is not halal. In Allah Taala, tayyibun wala yqbalu illa tayyib. He only accepts what is pure. So the first thing that we need to ensure is to stay away from all kinds of haram, and we should come on to obedience, come on to itaat, come on to the obedience of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. The bare minimum that a person can do after staying away from all sins is that to ensure. I am performing my five times salah with jamaat as a man. And for the woman folk, I'm performing my salah on time. 
Because on the day of Qiyamah, the first thing that we will be asked about is about our Salah. If our Salah is in order, then everything else going ahead will be in order. Ulama have mentioned that in the same way in our lives, if our Salah is in order, then everything surrounding our life, surrounding our Salah, our work, our families, our employers, our employees, etc., everything will be uh, in order, everything will be in place, and it will be in, in line with the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the first thing that we need to do again is to stay away from all kinds of sin. And the most and the least we can do in terms of the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that we should perform our salah with shama. Besides that, two other things that a person can do. Number one is engage in abundance of dua. Ask Allah Ta'ala for our needs. Turn to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala for our needs after every salah. Whenever we do any kind of action, we should recite the masnoon du'as. Remember Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala during those times. Ask Allah Ta'ala for our needs, for the needs of those that are around us, for the goodness and wellness of the ummah. Ask Allah Ta'ala to protect the ummah, not only in Palestine and Gaza, but around the globe. Uh, wherever the Muslims are being oppressed, whether it is our neighbors, whether it is our community, our continent, our country, or around the globe, we ask Allah Ta'ala for all of these things. Engage in dua. That is, uh, that is the, uh, the, the cream of ibadah. ibadah. So we should engage in abundance of dua as well. Whenever we get an opportunity, raise our hands. If our hands are hurting, Ma'ashaf al-Itami, rahimahullah, has mentioned that it's not compulsory to raise your hands. If you are tired, but you still want to make dua, and you are unable to lift your hands, but you still want to talk to Allah, you still want to make dua, then even though you cannot raise your hands, talk to Allah in dua. Ask Allah Ta'ala for your dua to be accepted. And number three, assist and aid your Muslim brothers and sisters in whatever way possible by virtue of sadaqah, by virtue of dua, by virtue of assisting financially, physically, getting somebody up onto their feet. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you the ability to do so. If you cannot do so, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned one simple hadith, that if a person doesn't have any financial ability to give sadaqah, and he recites the following durood, he will receive the reward of sadaqah and charity. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin abdika wa rasulik, wa salli ala al-mu'mineen wal-mu'minat wal-muslimin wal-muslimat. So it's a simple durood that if a person recites this durood, he receives the reward of giving out sadaqah. So even though a person may not have the financial means or ability to give out sadaqah, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, read this durood and you will receive the reward of sadaqah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the true understanding Amen. of what is going on around the world, grant us the ability to react in the best of ways and to assist and to change our lives uh, for, for our own selves and for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so that we become true believers, so that we become obedient servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Amen. hence we can draw the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and save ourselves from the wrath and anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakumullah khairan muftisa for these advices, we request to us, and inshallah we hope to have you in the future too. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.